Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 69. What's going on? Matt O'Leary here with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I'm having a terrible day. A terrible, terrible, terrible day. Someone stole uh, my wife's Christmas gift right from the front of like, my front door. I thought the social contract that we had with everyone was no one would steal Amazon. I think that was originally part of Thomas Hobbes' uh, review of the, the social contract was you don't take someone's Amazon order. <laughs> no, that's really crappy, man. I, I feel really bad. Like That's terrible. That, stuff like that happens all the time, and you just hope that it would never be you know, something that happens to you. But I, I know you told me about that before we went on the show, but that's... That's really sucks. Like, mm-hmm. who, what kind of scumbag would do that? I hope they slip on ice. Maybe not injure themselves severely, but they twist their ankle and it, they're uncomfortable for months. Ever. Where they just had like that tweak. Like, oh god, that tweak really bothers me. Just forever's. That every time it rains, their knee hurts. <laughs> I have to remember stealing something from my door. Yikes! Yeah. So, before we get into it, Mitch. Yeah. Um. What's the move? You don't have to tell me what you got her, but are you re-getting it or is it like, well, that that's it? So now it's a whole like five day investigation so that UPS knows I didn't, I'm not actually lying, which is only fair. I, mm. I'm not mad at that. The UPS or even uh, the company that I bought the item from, they have to do their due diligence. I understand. That's fine. Um, so we'll see. I'm not sure yet. God, I hope I get it back. I'm sure I will. I just, we'll see. Okay, so best of luck to you, Mitch. Hopefully, I don't have to come up there and crack some skulls with you. But. <laughs> oh, I've already got it planned. I'm going to go get my dad's hunting gear. Not as in, like, the, 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 the rifles or anything, but he's got this, like, outside sleeping bag cocoon thing that keeps him nice and warm in the winter when he's hunting for deer. So I can like use that. Suit? Kind of, yeah, because it is camouflaged. And hide but between my neighbors across the street from me have cedars, like cedar hedges in the front yard. So I can just hide out there and wait and plant an Amazon box and just wait and just <laughs> ha, cut you. Can't wait All to right. do that. Well, I want in on that. So <laughs> let me know when we're, when we're doing that and I'll drive up Tomorrow, there. Tomorrow, please. 
<laughs> okay, I'll start driving after we're done with this. Good. All right, Mitch. So do you have an addition for us before we get into it? I didn't look it up, but I don't think anyone has ever worn 69. So is this the nice edition? It's the nice edition. I'm going to look it up now, um, but I don't think anyone has ever worn 69. I, maybe I, I'll be wrong, but I, I don't think that's the case. 69 has not been worn. Okay. So so we don't have an edition. It's the nice. Mitch's Christmas was ruined edition. <laughs> Canadians ruining Christmas. <laughs> All right, Mitch. So this week, a couple a couple games that the Islanders played. They played three, actually. Two losses and a win. Obviously, they get three points. Overall thoughts from this week. They should have at least had four points. So the games we're referencing here, we don't usually talk about games because we do a Patreon, but we're, we're trying to plug it here. Whereas after every New York Islanders game, we will record a 20 to 30 minute podcast talking about the game with instant reaction. And like I said, we post it up on Patreon. It's five bucks a month. Sounds like a lot, but when you think about it, there are one, two, three, six, nine, 12. There are 13 games this month. You take that five bucks and you divide it by 13 and uh, that gives you value. But you also get a newsletter. You also get a mailbag podcast. You also get this podcast because it's already free. Right. So you're getting a lot of content. So definitely, if you're interested, hop on that. Like we said, we're and on those podcasts, but we wanted to reiterate here quickly. We thought the Islanders should have came away with four points. The first loss was obviously the blowout. That was gross. 3-2 win was pretty nice. And they should have came away with a win on Monday against Pittsburgh at the Coliseum. Yeah, they they were dominant against the Peng- the Penguins the second time. They should have won it. Um, dominant. They didn't like outshoot them forty to twenty, but it, it, they they had everything they needed to win, and they didn't. So, if you want our reactions to that, go over to the Patreon. We have a podcast after each one of those games to get our instant takes. But the overall theme here is they should have left with four out of six points. They got three, so you know it's five hundred, whatever. Now, Mitch, yes. do you think? They would have fared any better if Joshua Sang played, because that's my transition into nice. our Joshua Sang topic. Very nice. Um, I think so. I, I, of course, there's a caveat there is that there's got to be some roster tinkering that happens if he goes in. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. Okay. Well, you don't play the carbon copy of Matt Martin, a.k.a. Ross Johnson. Like, Ross Johnson and Matt Martin should not be in the lineup at the same time. I really like Ross Johnson. I really like Johnson. I yeah, like I do too. His offense... He was playing pretty well on that third line. He was a third line winger that night. I I understand that, but in the ideal world, he's a fourth line center. Yeah, a fourth line winger rather. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He's probably a really good fourth line winger. Um, but you're right. You don't. You shouldn't be playing both at the, in the same night, especially if you got a talented, offensive, dynamic player sitting in the press box for no good reason, aside from the right. fact that you want to play Matt Martin and Ross Johnson. Right. They it. had they had 40 hits in the game, so I guess they got what they wanted, but they didn't win the game. They got they one point, have. but they didn't win. They should have, but again, it's not Matt Martin and Ross Johnson that are out there on the power play. Right, that's what I was going to get into, Mitch. They should have, and the reason why they didn't is because they were so awful on the power play. 0 for 4, was it 1 for the last 25? Something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. And then they play Ross Johnson and Matt Martin. Oh, and Kunako was what was injured for the game. Like he didn't play, right? Did I no, miss something? 
No, he did not play. Right. So that's the natural react. The, the natural. Um, guy that's got to come out to put Hosang in because he goes out. So that's the left wing gone on the third line. Drop down Bovili because he plays real well with, with Komarov and, and um, Filipula. Filipula. And then you toss in my man Hosang up there. Put Bailey back on the left wing and um, Hosang out on the right with Nelson and Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, again, I'm not a $4 million NHL coach, clearly, but that seems to make sense to me. I mean, this is the thing, though. Like, we watch night in and night out the Islanders' power play struggle to produce anything. And you have this guy just sitting there, rotting away, eating popcorn in the press box next to Arthur Staple. And for some reason, they refuse to put him into the lineup. I don't I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, and uh, But that's what they're doing. That's what they're rolling with. Like, this, this guy's tied for 13, or not even tied for 13, tied for 7th in the AHL with 9 power play assists. Now, that sounds like, well, he's only 7th, but he's 2 points off the top. Like, there's a bunch of guys at 11, a few guys at 10, and a, a bunch of guys at 9. So he's he's one of the, the better producers in the AHL when it comes to the power play. And yes, he doesn't have a lot of goals. I don't get it. It seems like, oh, let, let's structure our debate here. Or not even debate, we're not debating because we're both on the same side. Um, let's structure this and start with our expectations. So they called him up. What do we expect the New York Islanders do with Joshua Sang now that they have called Joshua Sang up? Well, they didn't play him the first night. I think they're going to be forced to play him tomorrow. I mean, that's the reason why we're recording this today is because we don't want to record three podcasts after the game. Uh, but I <laughs> Daddy's think got a bedtime. <laughs> yes. I think we're going to have to play him tomorrow because Jordan Eberle and Cal Clutterbuck got banged up on Monday. Yeah, and that's that's two big holes in the right wing. And that's an obvious hole on the power play at right wing even. So, like, kind of forced. <laughs> if you don't do it yeah. then, when are you going to do it? But if neither of those guys got hurt, I'm not sure he would crack the lineup. And I think that's what Lou was trying to do and dampen our expectations from the start. I just don't understand why why you call him up then. I think it's going to be, and I hope it. I hope it isn't. You know, I'm a big Joshua Sang guy, but I think it's going to be similar to when Michael Del Cole got called up. Oh God, I hope not. I really don't. You can't. The, again, you you shouldn't have with with, with Del Cole. You can't put this guy in the fourth line. You can't put him on the fourth line. I'll, I'll take third line. I get it. That third line, while they do start in the defensive end, they still produce a ton of offense. I get that, but this guy's a top six player. He's been a top yeah. six player. I, I agree with you, and I think the flashes that he showed in 2016-17 more so, but even last year a little bit, prove that he at least deserves the chance. Yeah. So in terms of my expectations for him is that they put him in and they keep him here for a few weeks. So it depends on how long Eberle's out, but I think he stays at least another week. Although, has he been here a full week yet? It's only been two, three days. Yeah, I think it was Sunday they called him up. Sunday? So, I think so. And we're only Tuesday, so <laughs> day three. Uh, wow, it feels like forever ago. I think he stays at least a week. So he's here a week and a half, and I think he plays well. He's going to get top six minutes, and I think he generates enough offense. They keep talking about the fact that he's he's better two-way. He's been He's improved his two-way game. He's better off the puck. I, I think he shows that, and he's a net positive going forward as well. 
I certainly hope so because I'd like to see this kid in the lineup every night. Yeah, I, he needs to. He needs to stay. He needs to stay. And how? Like at that point, if he's if he gives you a half point a game while he's here, and Jordan Eberle gets better, do they send him down? Oh, saying I, I say that almost facetiously because I already have an answer. Yes, yeah, they will. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I think they like will. If it, like, let's say it's six games. Yeah, and he has three or four points in those games. I still think they send him down. Yeah, I think so too. I think they send him down. I guess that was a bad question to ask because it's obvious why what they would do and why they would do it. Like they send him down because he'll get more playing time in the AHL. You can't keep Jordan Eberle on the bench or not even on the bench in the press box. And if you're hoping to trade Eberle come February, you want him to be playing. You want him to be at peak value. So it doesn't make sense to play a kid that you don't really have an intention of playing anyways over a guy that you're looking to pump up. Do what I think it does, though. I think it forces the Islanders' hand to trade Eberle. Yeah, if they weren't already thinking about it, they better do it now. Right? Wouldn't you think, like, if... Like, let's say it's something silly, like seven points in six games or something, like, crazy like that. Right. Then don't you think you'd be like, all right, now we got to really start thinking about moving Eberle, especially because he's been struggling this year. He's only on pace for, like, 38 points. Yeah, you try to find him a home now rather than at the trade deadline because you can probably get a bit more. Although I understand when the trade deadline happens, you got GMs under the gun to make things happen, and that's when you can catch up making a silly mistake, i.e. Rick Nash. Yes, that's one of my favorite trades this site. But <laughs> I, w- I would still, I would still think about it doing it earlier, like in even if it was in like January or something like that. I mean, we've seen trades happen earlier than the deadline. Maybe it's for, I don't know, pick prospect regular. Blue liner. I don't know what they'd rather do, but a few picks again. Point. They don't have their own second, third, and fourth this this year. So, right. So they could actually probably use draft picks, probably. And, and like the cupboard's going to be raided this season. It's going to be. I, I sorry, next season where you got Bellows is probably going to come up. Taves is definitely going to come up, and Hosang probably. That's three top guys out of your system. Sure enough, you still have Dobson. You still have Wallstrom, Wild, and Blade. Love saying Blade. Blade um, Jenkins. Blade baby. Jenkins. What a name. Um, Six-point streak or something like that. He's on something ridiculous. Um, you still have those guys, but they're making the next step. They're also taking the next step in their, in their, in their careers. So, like, you might want to get a few more. And they could probably use a center prospect outside of Otto Koivula, too. They can definitely use one. Like like you said in your post, like he's he's probably going to be a good third-line center. Maybe maybe more, but I, I think a fair assessment of his talent is third-line center. Which is completely fine. That's good yeah. value from a fourth-round pick, too. Heck, yeah. Um, but, but back to Hosang is that... So we have our expectation of what we think they're going to do. They're probably going to play him for a little bit. We expect him to be a half-point-per-game player because he's just over that in his entire NHL career so far. With what is it, forty three points or forty four points in twenty three games, something like that. You reverse it, uh, twenty two in forty three. Yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> um, do we think he he can change this power play? And then if he does, what happens when he goes? Because he, like we said, he's gonna go. I think. He can to an extent. I'm not saying he's going to be a top power player in the league, but I think oh, he makes no. it better because I think they miss 
I mean, it's obviously painful to say, but they de- they missed Tavares, and I think yeah. having another skilled player on the power play would make a big difference. Again, they're rolling Philpola and Clutterbuck on that second power play unit. Philpola's At the same time. Been, yeah, he's been fine this year, Philpola, but Cal Clutterbuck, oh, buddies, like he's not the option you need to go with. Cal Clutterbuck has three power play points in the last five years. Wow. Like, that's obviously better than I could ever do, but it's not better in relative terms to other NHLers, that's for sure. And I'm pretty sure Josh Hosang has three in his 43 games. I'm going to check that right that now. That sounds I'm pretty sure right. it's the same amount. Like, he, he, he won't, like you said, single-handedly uh, revolutionize the Islanders' power play, but he gives them that option that they desperately need on that second power play in terms of a creative player who can move the puck around and create space. It is. It was three in 43 games and then three for Clutterbuck in the last five years. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> it's not even comparable. It's just not. Um, but it gives them that option where they can put Philpola in the baseball park range and put uh, Hosang on the half wall. Yeah, I'd like that. Right? I would. So, Philpola takes Clutterbuck's space and he's <laughs> he's facing Ryan Pollock's lap shots, but, you know, whatever. Uh, you, you do what you got to do. Um, and, and then you get Hosang to dip and dangle along the, the, the boards. Perfect. Well, it should be. In theory, it would definitely be better than what they're currently working with right now. Yeah. Um, I'm just disappointed that he hasn't played yet because the opportunity was there. Yes, I understand Kunhakel was gone and it was just Kunhakel and you could theoretically replace him with Ross Johnson. But... I thought that that was the perfect opportunity to get Joshua saying in there. Yeah, I I really agree with you. I would have moved the lines around. Just and even if you're not giving him top six, I would have even I would have dealt with a, a bottom six, like a, not even a bottom six, only a third line. I would have dealt with him playing on the third line. That would have been okay to me because again, that third line, while they do start most of their shifts in the defensive zone, you know they're creating offense. We've seen it every night that they create odd man rushes. They get chances. You get a guy like Joshua Sang on that line as well. Look out! Like that's that makes it a lot more dangerous than it currently is. Yeah, no, I agree one hundred percent with you, Mitch. I really do. It's just it's hard to go against the Stanley Cup winning coach with nineteen years of experience. True, I, it is. But I also think that we have to be fair with our opinions too. We can't just sit here and love every single thing that both he and Lamarillo does. I think we have to, I don't know, be critical when we feel the need to. I 100% agree with you because I want to be critical with the Joshua Sang thing. There we go. Perfect. (laughs) Mitch, let's move on now and get into a little leak that happened this past week. So, or was it last week even, towards the end of last week? It was towards the end of last week. I think it was a Thursday or something like that. Okay. So we got a little tip to check out uh, a New York State meeting agenda yes and basically what happened was we did check it out and on page 101 so i had to go through 100 (laughs) pages of it oh wow we found that the dimensions for the new arena at belmont park really and more importantly the height of the roof Mm. so the height of the roof is 100 feet in the air to give you some context nassau coliseum is 75 now most of the time, 
new arenas are in like the 130 to 150 range. The only one that is also technically 100 is um, Detroit, but they theirs is like partly like 37 feet underground, so that's it's really actually taller than it is. So it's really closer, like 137. Yeah. So I know that it's still a 25 feet difference, but it is lower than most of the newer buildings. So basically. For, this is fancy talk for it's going to be loud, just like the Coliseum. <laughs> That's what you're trying to get at. It's, it's going to be yeah. loud like it is right now at the, at the Nassau Coliseum. And I know it's 100 foot, and like you said, it's a 25 foot difference. But we have to also remember that they're they're widening. It's going to be a lot wider because they have to accommodate another 3,000 people with the concourses to allow people to, to move freely. Uh, and not like a, you know sheep being herded to get sheared. Uh, yeah. Enough bathrooms so everyone could empty their bowels at regular intervals without having to miss twelve minutes of a second period, like I did. Thank you a lot, yeah. Nassau Coliseum. I had a wonderful experience, by the way. Literally, I did. Uh, but the roof is—it's still not going to be flat like it is at the, at the uh, Coliseum. But it's not very concave, convex. Is Vex inwards or outwards? I don't know. You're getting too technical for me, man. I'm just trying to remember, like, ninth grade science. Convex, concave. I don't remember. Concave is, like, in. Right, because it's like a cave, whereas convex is out. Okay. It's not as convex as other arenas, creating more of, like, a dome-like shape that doesn't allow for the sound to rebound like it does at the Nassau Coliseum. And like you quoted, the, the Rogers Place, or Rogers Place out in Edmonton, is 150 feet tall. And the Little Caesars Arena is 137. And the reason we're quoting those is that they're the two newest arenas built for the NHL right now. Um, So that's clearly where teams are going. Whereas for the Islanders, they're like, "Eh, we like the the shorter shorter height to the smaller roof. And it could also have to do with building requirements. I don't know. Maybe. Does this, this, this Elmont or the city of Elmont, is that what it's called? Yes. Elmont. Yeah, is it the city of Elmont or the the town? I guess. Yeah, and then maybe they have height restrictions on certain things. I know here in Canada, or not in Canada, but in Ottawa, you're technically not allowed to build higher than the Peace Tower. So for those of you who don't know what the Peace Tower is, we have the Parliament Building in Canada, which is like our uh, our state capital building, and in the mil- middle there's a big tower, and that's the Peace Tower, and it's about like I think ten, fifteen stories tall, maybe a little bit taller than that. Um, and you're not allowed to build taller than it because apparently you're supposed to be able to see the Peace Tower from everywhere within downtown Ottawa. Okay. So and, and you can. So that that was the kind of it's keeping the sight lines clear. Um, so maybe that's a restriction for Elmont. I, I doubt it, but it benefits us. If so, yeah. I think the point here is that it's going to be, I I guess similar in the sense that. The environment is still going to be good. It's not going to be like the Barclays Center where you go and you could hear echoes. Yeah. I just, I can't wait. Although, like, I really want to see more games at the Coliseum. I know they're talking about more. and They've already said that they're going to have another, what, 21 games in the next two years after this one? Guaranteed at the Coliseum? Yes. So I think so. It's two or three years. It might be three. The next three seasons, they've guaranteed 21 home games at the Nassau Coliseum. So it ain't going anywhere, obviously, and it's not going to be a one-season thing as we all imagined. But hopefully it grows to more than that. Yeah, I think it would be the next two years at the Coliseum, and then 
your three would be at the new place? Hopefully, but we all know how construction and, and things work. It's never necessarily on time. True. Not you, you have to take those things into consideration, but I would not be complaining if they had to play an extra year at the Coliseum. No, God, I don't think anyone would. No. And also, before we move on, I just wanted to say their second game, uh, still a very big crowd. It was a sellout crowd, and it was definitely into it because I was listening on the radio coming home. Yeah, I on the on TV you can hear the the uh, let's go Islanders chant and it was it was loud. Yeah, so it certainly gives the Islanders a home ice advantage and Belmont looks like it's going to be the same. Hopefully, oh man, I can't wait. Me too. We're gonna have to go to a game at Belmont. Maybe the very first one. I plan on going whenever that is. Whenever that is. So right. next up on the list we have Anders Lee and a rumor of a contract extension. It was from you wrote about this. Uh, who had it? I've, I'm drawing a blank. So it's David Pagnotta. I may have pronounced that incorrectly, but P A G N O T T A. Uh, he's from the fourth period. It's a online publication slash magazine, and he's been leaking stuff constantly the last little while, maybe even longer than that. But he he came to my attention over the summer, uh, and I think maybe a lot of people also came to their attention. Um, he said that the Islanders are talking with uh, Anders Lee, Anders Lee, about a contract extension ranging from six to seven years, uh, and the value is apparently the Islanders don't want to go too much higher or don't really want to go any higher than six point five million per year. Now that that could just be a negotiation tactic. Um, for we can get into why that is. Um, but first, first initial reaction: six to seven year contract for Anders Anders Lee at six point five million dollars per year. You say yay or nay? I say yay. Yeah, all day, all day. I say yay. I thought it'd be higher than that. I thought you'd have to go like seven. I think you will. I definitely think you will. But I, I'm just using the variables that were given to me now, or given to oh, me, sure. given to all of us. It seems the Islanders don't want to go higher than six point five, but I firmly believe that that's. Uh, a negotiation tactic where like we're not going to go past this part wink wink and they go like well we're not going higher than 7.5 wink wink huh how about we meet in the middle guys perfect deal and like i feel like it's done at 7 million i feel like that definitely could be a possibility but mitch did you think that josh bailey would sign for five million dollars uh no but it doesn't surprise me so are okay. you are you saying that would I be surprised if Anders Lee Anders Lee takes a hometown discount? Like he doesn't need to. I guess yeah. No, he does he definitely doesn't need to, but I guess what I'm saying is I wouldn't be shocked if we found out that it was like 6 for 40. Yeah, I I I wouldn't be shocked, but I don't think that he's under the same pressures that Josh Bailey was when he signed his, where they had the mammoth potential deal for John Tavares hanging over his head. I was like, if you don't take a deal, we might not be able to get this guy. Or if you take a deal, we might be able to get this guy. Um, like they, they had the room whether Bailey took five or six, but it showed the desire to stay here and improve the club. So a, a clear nod to Tavares, whereas they don't need to do that this year. They got like, what, 10 points, some odd million dollars. It might be a little bit lower now that Hosang's on the, on the team. But they have at least $9.8 million in cap space. Um, there, there's no need for Anders Anders Lee to take less than seven. There's no need for it because he's making 3.75 now. So we're talking about a $3.25 million increase. 
that still leaves the Isles with seven point some odd million dollars in change. Right, and they do have a ton of space to work with, like you said. Yeah. So it's not the end of the world. They do have a lot of contracts coming off the books anyway. Uh, just looking at them now, outside of Anders Lee, just from the forward group alone, you have Eberly, Nelson, Philpula, Kunakal, all UFAs. Lucas Bees is gone, and Robin Leonard is also a UFA. So, like, right there with Spisa and, and even just Eberlake, that's $7.5 million off the cap that we're, we're going to lose. That's, that's gone. Yeah. And you have Brock Nelson that you can probably get for five, maybe five and a half at the most. That's a $1.25 million increase at most. And then you got Anders Andersley, who's going to take 3.25 probably. We're talking about $5 million, if I'm rounding up in probably incorrectly. Still got another five million, and, and Bo is the only RFA I think this season. He's not going to take much. No, I see him taking a similar deal to uh, Ryan Pulak, like the two million dollars for two years. Absolutely agree. Yeah, two million, two years, prove it deal. Show me what you actually are, because at this point we have no idea. And like yeah. that—that's what he's making eight point six three or something on the cap. Is uh, uh, is Beauvillier? Uh, 894. 894. He's making less than $900,000, so we're talking about a $1.1 million increase. That's nothing. That, that's true. So you still have room to work. You still have a ton of room. And Barzell is in up till next year when the cap is going to go up. The cap is going to go up next year, or the year after that. Sorry. It's already going up to $83 million next season, right? Uh, yeah, roughly. And then... The year after that is the year before Seattle, so you would think it would go up again. And then when Seattle comes, so what it would go up even more. What's the cap at now? 78? 79? Uh, I believe it is. Give me one second. I say I this. I could go exactly. and look it up, but like you already have it open. So I think it's $78 million. Yes. So it's going up. Uh, no. Sorry. 79 and a half. 79 and a half. It's going up by, what is that? $4.5 million or four, $3.5 million? 3.5. Yeah. They're gaining $3.5 million and they're losing. Like, they're, they're, there's so much space for them to work with that they can afford to give Anders Andersley $7 million. He has no. If the sticking point is $6.5 million, he can wait them out and he should. I don't know why he would take less. There's no pressure. You're right. You're 100% right. And you're just looking at the entire league right now, the Islanders have the fourth most cap space in the league right now. Who are the other ones? They're probably terrible. Uh, the Avalanche. Okay, no. <laughs> Never mind. De- <laughs> that was embarrassing so bad. That was De- so quickly oh. bad. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The Devils and the Hurricanes, too. Okay. Well, one of them is terrible. The other one isn't great. But then one of them is one of the better teams in the league. <laughs> That's okay. I was just, it was funny because of how confident it was. Like, they're all probably poop. Colorado. God damn it. <laughs> That's okay, Mitch. So, yeah, like we said, uh, Anders has a ton of time. Nothing to really worry about there. I, I think it's going to get done. Like you said, probably around $7 million could be less, but I'd be shocked if it went over seven. Well, like you brought up at the beginning of the year, uh, or the first time we started talking about this, is JVR signed a contract in the offseason. And he signed, what is it, five years at $7 million? He's a year older than Andres Lee and has scored 30 goals once in the last like four or five years. Lee has scored over 30 goals twice and is on pace to do it three times in these three years. 
uh, you can't imagine he won't make $7 million. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think he'll get the one more year that um, yeah. JVR did not get. Probably so. six years, yeah. And and that that's fine. Like It'll take him till what, he's 28 years old now. He turns 29 in July, I'm going to say? May? Uh, good question. It doesn't matter. Another fair question. I, he, yeah, I don't. I don't think he's turning twenty nine during the season. I think he turned twenty eight at the beginning of the season, July. There you go. Yeah, right on me. Um, so six years. He's thirty four years old when that's done. Or sorry, thirty five years old when that's done. You're probably okay. gonna get one bad year out of that. Maybe two at most. Yeah, but I think you'd sign up for four very good years out of Anders Lee, right? Yeah, four f- potential forty goal years. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So the Islanders seem to be in really good shape there. Nothing to worry about. So I, I wanted to tell you UFA thing if you wanted. Were you going to move on to the next one or did you want to do some more UFA stuff real quick? We could do more UFA stuff if you want. Okay. Cool. So the one that I'm, I keep bringing up is Brock Nelson. And we're hearing about Anders Anders Lee for obvious reasons because he's the captain and he's not signed to a contract and he was just given the captaincy. But when do you think they start contract negotiations with Brocky Nelson? Never. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, I, just okay. Assume they're going to sign him. Play live in my world for ten seconds. For ten seconds. It's very bleak. Okay. Just 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 turn on a light okay. and you'll be all right. Um, my package was just stolen. Yeah, just package was stolen. That's all you can really focus on right now is retribution. <laughs> uh, oh God. Uh they're going to sign Brock Nelson. When do you start the contract negotiations? Or sorry, they have interest in signing Brock Nelson. I'm not saying they're going to. They have an interest in signing him. When do you start negotiations with him? January. Okay. I wait till April. And, okay, and, I'm, and I'm in on Brock. That's a bad idea because if things go south, then you're already past the trade deadline. So you're just going to let him walk for nothing. Fair enough. Well, yeah. You don't even want him. So what do you care about? Because he still has trade value. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I guess, okay, January. That's fair. I didn't see that. See, that's why there's two of us. Just the two of us. I don't know. The it's other. like we have a good, a symbiotic relationship. Like, I can convince you on things. You can convince me on things. That's it's right. Good. That's why this show works. <laughs> We're convincible. Definitely. That's the okay. only UFA talk I really had, because we we both agree that <laughs> Jordan Eberle has gone. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be traded and at the deadline. Not that we don't like him. It's just it doesn't make sense to keep him. It just he, He's not worth giving him another million, like a million dollar increase. He's not a seven million dollar player. No. And then you you're handcuffing yourself to him and blocking potentially Hosang and Wallstrom. So exactly. I don't get it. No, it doesn't make any sense. OK, so now we already mentioned it in the segment we just did, but Seattle and the expansion draft. So now it's official that Seattle is getting a team. Who will be protected? Like stuff like that, we can get into. What are just overall thoughts on the effect that this has on the Islanders? Oh, this is tough because it's so far away. It's so far out. It's three years from now, right? They they pick their team in June of 2011, or sorry, 2011, 2021. Yeah, that's so far. Uh, we have no idea who's even going to be left on this team. In in 2021, at the end of the 2021 season, players under contract, Nels, uh, Bailey, Clutterbuck, Sezikis, Komarov, Johnston, 
Boychuk, Letty, Thomas Hickey, Adam Pellick, Scott Mayfield, Andrew Ladd. Sorry, it's just because he's LTIR, so he's uh, further down the list here. So basically the point that I wanted to get out is I wrote a post about it because there was some confusion on it because he used to have a no-move clause, Andrew Ladd, and he had to be protected the last time around. Now he has a no-trade clause, and by the time this comes, it'll be a modified no-trade clause, so he does not have to be protected. Yes. And I am doing whatever it takes to get Seattle to take Andrew Ladd. Whether it's a first-round pick, whether it's whatever they want, figure it out. Get them to take him. Do you play your hand early on that? Because they might take him. Like, again, they have to make the cap floor. They have to make the cap floor. And Yeah, but they would, wouldn't you rather take Nick Letty for the same price then? You probably protect Nick Letty, don't you? Mm, I don't know. So if you're doing the seven forwards and three defense, defensemen, you're probably protecting Dobson, Pulak, and Taze. Well, you probably don't have to protect Dobson because how many years of professional experience he's going to have? Because if he has less mm. than three, you don't have to protect him. And again, this is assuming that they're, they're using Vegas rules, which we're, we're pretty sure they are or they will be. Um, but he's not going to have three years of professional experience by then. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about that. Um, I don't think we have to worry about that many of our kids, really, because they would have to be playing now. So, like, Barzal will be up. Um, if Jose plays this year, he'll probably count. Uh, yeah, Bo will count. So you probably protect those three. You protect then, Bailey. That's five, or four, sorry. Then Lee. Yeah, so that's five. You got two more to protect. Probably protect Sezekis, and assuming they get some other free agent or something ridiculous, some, maybe someone else comes up, you protect them. That's seven. Okay, your defenseman. You probably protect Letty. Um, you you okay. definitely protect Ryan Pulak by then. Although they already mm-hmm. protected him last time around. You don't protect Adam Pellick this time. No, no. no that was dumb the first time. <laughs> that was real dumb. Uh, and, I don't know, maybe Taves. Will, will that, yeah, he'll count because he'll have three years of... Sorry, so we we might have to protect Bellows. Yeah. Because it'll be three years of professional experience and AHL counts as far as I know. So then you would have... Do the eight forwards, two defensemen, one goalie. Well, no, we tossed in some random forward there at the end, so you put in Kiefer Bellows instead. And then instead, your, all right. And then your three D are Lad, or sorry, Lad, my God, Letty, Pulak, Tapes. Probably okay. assuming nothing else happens and no one else is amazing. Like, maybe Aho was taken. Maybe Aho gets taken. Because he's playing pretty well right now, but you still got Bodie Wild out there, so that's fine. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is so far away trying to predict this that's stuff. Just so. That's it. like that's so insane. Three years. It's gonna come quick, though. That's true. So you trade a first round pick for them to take Andrew Ladd. Yes, absolutely. And the reason why is because you're gonna already have cultivated first-round picks from trading Brock Nelson and uh, Jordan Eberle. Yeah. Or not necessarily a first-rounder for Brock Nelson, but another pick, another high pick, maybe a sec- like a similar to Travis Hamannick thing. So what did the Isles give to Vegas? They gave him 
Grabowski, which is essentially Andrew Ladd, mm-hmm. right? Because he was making five for a couple of years. They gave him a defensive prospect in, was it Andrew Bischoff? I, I just have it open here now. I think so. I think it was Andrew Bischoff. I might be wrong on his first name. Uh, they gave him, sorry, Mikhail Grabowski, Jake Bischoff, first round in 2017 and the second round in 2019 is what the Islanders gave them so they would take Jean-Francois Bougerby. Yeah, so I'm saying take on the full contract of Andrew Ladd, and here's my first-round pick. So Ladd at that point will have two years left, kind of like Grabowski, and it's inflated mm-hmm. by $500,000, so let's let's just call it a quit, like, the same thing. I think they, they get a defensive prospect, or they get a prospect, a first and a second. I think that's your ask. The precedence is set. Okay. I would still do it, I think. It depends on how banged up Andrew Ladd is. He might he might be less. If he's as banged up as he is now, probably. Like, if he's stuck on LTIR, then definitely the ask will be the same. But if he's serviceable, then it's probably going to be less. What are... Uh, this is going to get really dark. That's Not fine. Not necessarily dark, but... I, maybe. What, are the ch- what are the chances that... Andrew Ladd retires like before we even have to worry about this. I don't think that that's a possibility. He's only 32 right now. So we're talking about I know, but the guy can't stay on the ice now. Well, he's well, he played how many games last year still? He still played quite a, he's played 73 games and 78 games the year before that. So he missed 9 games last year. It felt like more than that. He's missed a lot now cuz he's only played 14, so he's already missed 15 games. Okay. So he's missing a lot this year. Uh, maybe it's just getting worse, and maybe he has to retire by then. Uh, hopefully he doesn't have to. I, I hate seeing guys go out when, when they're not ready to go out. Mm-hmm. I, I like the kind of poetic ending where they, they go out on their own terms. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I think he sticks around, and I think they end up trading him. If he's a serviceable player, as in he can play 60, 70 games... I think the ask is a bit less, whereas they get a player they could use. They probably take the first round and like a B prospect, like a Parker Wertherspoon, maybe even less than him. Right. And I mean, it's hard to say Parker Wertherspoon three years from now, but a player like him then, I yeah. think is what we're trying to say. That's right. Yeah. Like Some... if it happened today, it would be Parker Wertherspoon a first and a lad. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That sounds about right. Okay. And again, we're making it, and maybe the, 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 the landscape is completely different by the time they have their expansion draft ended. This is completely moot, uh, and it probably will be. But as we're doing this now from the chair three years in the future, or I guess the past, because we're in the present, and we're, we're trying to project what's going to happen three years in the future. I said it backwards. We're trying to predict what happens three years in the future. It's kind of hard to do. There we go. Okay. Um. But I still think it's important to talk about, especially because it, it the news is so fresh. They don't even have the, the name of the team yet. Everyone's coming up. Let's go with that, actually. What do you think the name of the Seattle team should be? Ooh, that's a good one. I love Krakens. I love that. I don't think it's going to be it. I have one that I also like, but the odds of it happening are, are very low. It oh. was included in that odds thing, though. Oh, I didn't see that odds thing. What? What is yours? The Seattle Grunge. Oh, I hate grunge music. You don't like Nirvana? Eh, they're fine. I I understand their importance for music. I just don't like the style of music. I don't like the sound. 
I, I understand okay. their importance. I understand why they're so important. I understand why they're they're revered by so many people. I just don't like the acoustics, the sound. That's it. It's not my thing. All right. Fair. It's, just, it's from grunge is from Seattle. Seems to make sense. Yeah. Like. The Seattle Starbucks. <laughs> That'd be really dumb. The Amazons. That'd be also dumb. They're from their Amazon, right? Uh, I believe so. The yeah. Alexis. Gross, gross, gross. Um, but that we're talking about these huge companies. So like the corporate landscape that exists in Seattle is going to be healthy for them to exist in, which is nice because you don't want to be putting a team in like, let's say, I don't know, Arizona, where people just don't go to games. Sorry if you actually live in Arizona, you go to games. You're one of the few, my friend. You're one of the few who actually go to games. Yeah. And I don't know. Would you be surprised if they got relocated in the future? No, no. I I don't like the idea of relocation. I like when teams can plant the roots. And even if they go through a tough time, I I don't like the idea of like they need to go and they need to move. But if they're just sucking the NHL for money, like it's hard to argue against it. It's really hard to argue against it. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you there. So. Uh Anything else on the expansion draft? I'm looking forward to it. The first, the last one was amazing. Uh, this is the first one I was able to see, like, as an adult. Because when was the last one before that? 2002? 2003? Uh, I think 01 or 02. Yeah, the Minnesota Wild Columbus Blue Jackets one, wasn't it? Yeah. So I, I, was, I wasn't necessarily an adult, an adult then. I don't remember how old I was. 16? I would have been 18 years old. So, yeah, barely an adult. Okay, I was eight. I don't really remember it. <laughs> oh, my God. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, anyways, so moving along then, I'm looking forward to it. I agree with you. The last one was a lot of fun, and covering it on the site was a lot of fun, and all the projections and stuff like that. Mm. So I'm looking forward to doing that again. Mitch, let's get into the social segment before we close it out of here. Uh, anything out of you in the social I got two things, one heartwarming for just everyone in general and one heartwarming for me personally. And, and most of you could probably enjoy it as well. Uh, okay. The first one is from the, just the New York Islanders themselves. So most of you would have seen this. They put it out 23 minutes before we, we started recording. And it's a video where they say bigger than hockey. It's moments like, like these that matter. This mom and the mom in the video at the Isles and at FCA Daily. Uh, adopt a family event just found out that her kids are getting new bikes for Christmas thanks to Thomas Grice, Thomas Ku- or Tom Kunakle, and Lucas Pisa. And there's an emotional moment where she can give her kids bikes, um, and she's she's in tears of just pure happiness. And, and of course, why not? Like your kids get bikes. I remember the first time I got my first bike. Oh, it was amazing. I lived on my bicycle as a kid. I feel like, and you're going to make fun of me because I'm usually like the young millennial one where mm-hmm. you make fun of me, but I feel like I'm the last generation who like rode around on my bike and like played outside and stuff. I never see kids outside playing anymore. And it's really sad. I don't. So I, again, I'm in an urban area, so like it's not the same. I lived in the suburbs where we had forests to go uh, do bikes, like go biking through the forest type of thing. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. kind of different. Uh, although actually there is a forest not too far from me, but it's still, still, I, I don't, I, same thing. I don't, I don't see the kids out there as much. And to be fair, there, there's so many things to distract them. Like the internet, like video games are so much better now than they were back, back in the oh, day. Yeah. I didn't have a computer until I was in like fourth or fifth grade. So I didn't get yeah. corrupt until then. <laughs> exactly. Sixth grade for me. And it was dial up DSL. It was awful. <laughs> oh, that internet was so terrible. 
So that was my oh, first man. one. Do you want me to go with my second one, or, or do you yeah. want to like? Okay, you do your second one. My second one is I forget who it was, uh, and I don't really care who it was necessarily, aside from the fact that I remember the last time that the Islanders played at the Barclays Center. Uh, it wasn't this week against the um, the, the Red Wings. It was, it was before that. Anyways, I was a Toronto fan. Oh, it was when they played Montreal, and Mon- uh, Eric Engels had tweeted out a picture that the Barclays Center wasn't very full of people because yuck, 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 the Islanders don't get a lot of people at the Barclays Center. Great joke. So original. Mm-hmm. And some dweeb from Toronto message us saying like, well, they should just relocate the Islanders because they're not getting a lot of people, huh? Hey, not get a lot of people. They need to relocate them. That's my Toronto accent. See, I've been working on my accents. That was fantastic. I love it. Thank you. And so the Islanders now have back-to-back cello games at the Nassau Coliseum. So that dweeb could go jog off because the fans are clearly there. The fans are clearly engaged. The fans want this team where it belongs. And, and, and we know that that doesn't necessarily mean permanently and long-term at the Nassau Coliseum, but it means that it's a home dedicated to the Islanders on the island. And that's what we're going to get with Belmont. And you can see that the fans are coming out for that. They don't want to go to Barclays. They don't want to go to Brooklyn because Brooklyn is far. Brooklyn isn't on the island, although technically it is. Um, it's not part of Long Island necessarily. Um, but it's not a hockey-made environment. It's been alienating the Islanders fan base since day one. They just want a clean break. That's why people aren't going to the Barclays Center. And if you can't understand that, don't get involved in the debate. No, it's not even a debate. Don't get involved. Just done. Preach, Mitch. State Preach. of Tirana, eh? State of Tirana, where we hate Phil Kessel still, eh? <laughs> Love my Toronto accent now. I'm going to use it all the time. That was phenomenal. I really like that. Mine is a little bit of a fun one. It's from Brendan Burke. So when he was doing the game yesterday, we know Thomas Grice was getting a ton of starts, but Robin Leonard played and he accidentally called Leonard Grice and a bunch of people tweeted at him and his caption of like the, the screen, he screenshotted some of them and no, nothing was like completely malicious. It was just like kind of laughing at that. They made the mis- that he made the mistake. So he said, I knew this day would eventually come. After 186 games as the Isles announcer, I, Brendan Burke, have made a mistake. <laughs> Thanks for keeping me honest, everyone. I love it. Oh, he's the best. He is the best. Uh, yeah, that happens. Like we do, we do these podcasts one like every day. I can only imagine like being in front of a microphone for a full. What is a hockey game? I know it's 60 minutes long, but it's actually longer than that because of the breaks and the the intermissions. And he's on the mic live. For a lot longer than that. We could, if we say something stupid, go back and edit it. We don't technically, be, or typically, because we ain't got that kind of time. Uh, but I could imagine the the potential for mistakes. Oh, no, all the time. Like, I used to get nervous calling my college's basketball games, and that's talking to, like, I don't know, one <laughs> 500,000 500, worth of what he is. I don't know how many people tune in on MSG, but it's... I, probably hundreds and thousands of times more than the audience that I was getting. But the point being is that, yeah, you're going to mistakes happen. He's a phenomenal broadcaster. He's really does a really great job. And I hope that he's here for a very long time. Yeah, it happens. Whatever. I don't really care. But she still calls Tom Knuckle Tom Knuckle, I think. So whatever. (laughs) Knuckle. 
So like, I swear that's what he wants to say. It sounds like that's what he's saying every time. Maybe it's me. I don't think it is. No, I don't. I don't think so. And I mean, the two of them together is just it's pure good. entertainment. I love it. All of them. The whole broadcast team is fantastic. <laughs> They're so, so good. Canuckle. Canuckle. <laughs> All right, so let's get some plugs out of the way before we get out of here. So wherever you are listening to this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps with our searchability, so if you could do that, we appreciate it. You can also follow us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at T-L-O Mitch. You can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone or Android. And make sure to always visit the website, EyesOnIsles.com. Lastly, if you're interested patreon.com slash eyes on aisles where you can, sub- can subscribe five bucks a month gets you a post game podcast for all 82 games it also gets you a weekly mailbag podcast where you you answer questions you also get a little newsletter too you get a bunch of content for just five dollars a month or if you want to do the two dollar one you can just get the uh, mailbag and the newsletter and $1 just supports the show. So we appreciate any and all that you can do. Mitch, another episode in the books. It was a fun one. Number 69 down. 70, here we come. What are we calling this one again? Merry stupid Xmas? God, I hate Christmas. I hate Christmas so much. I'm so sorry, Mitch. This is not what we thought would happen. <laughs> this is reaffirming my hatred for Christmas. No, I, I'm starting to, to get it now. Yes! I get it. I'm sorry. Come to the dark side. No, I will never do that. Fair enough. All right, that'll do it for us. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.